Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's podcast, we are talking about changing directions. The creative journey is never a straight path, and all artists go through times of change in their work. These are necessary, but can also be frustrating and painful as you head into the unknown. Today, we're going to talk about times of change in your work and some of the challenges that artists face, including the experiences of one Chicago painter who has shared her struggle with Rebecca. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Um, So there's an old saying that nothing is constant but change. (laughs) And I I think this is almost a a mantra for those of us in creative fields, as well as entrepreneurs and anybody who's kind of moving forward with what they do, um, the need for change and the need to embrace change, really. Um, And I, I was thinking about change in kind of a big, the big picture, I think it's a very holistic process because you may think you're changing one thing. You may think you're uh, trying a new technique or something in your work, but uh, change is always surprising, right? It kind of affects affects areas beyond what you first think of it as doing. Um, and so when you change your work in any way, it leads to other changes and it can change how you think about your work, how other people see your work. Um, it can also change aspects of marketing your work and getting your work out there, which is a subject for uh, another podcast to follow this one. So, um, but change is, uh, it's rather daunting sometimes when you when it creeps up on you. Well, and you recently went through a change in location. Um, you're back here in Wisconsin uh, in studio. Uh, you've been down in New Mexico for quite some time, and then you're moving on to Ireland in, right. in the next few days here. So Yes, it, my location often changes, and, and it does affect my work for sure. Um, and that is, it's absolutely part of my work to respond to those changes of of where I am because I'm influenced by my surroundings. And it it seems like the things that um, impel us to change can come from so many different directions, your location, new ideas, other things you've seen or read about or experienced, and they can all start feeding into you in, in rather unexpected ways. And and then all of a sudden, it sort of comes upon you that, yes, there's a change underway, or yes, I need to make a change. And um, I think uh, it, it also relates a little bit to the podcast we just did about keeping things going and, and experiencing blocks, because we mentioned in the last podcast that uh, when you feel a change coming on, if you resist it, that can lead to a block. It can lead to being stalled in your work uh, rather than welcoming it and saying, okay, here we go, sort of putting it off because it is a bit daunting. And so um, recognizing when when the change is knocking at your door is part of the process, I think. Um, and I, I just, I feel that overall, um, that change is really necessary. It's for, important for your growth and keeping your ideas fresh and and also just avoiding boredom or repetition in your own work. You feel like you're doing the same thing over and over. Um, And um, 
You know, I, I see this uh, often in workshops when people come to my workshops having worked mainly in either a different, completely different medium than cold wax, which is what I teach, or a different approach. Maybe they've been doing very realistic work, and now they're thinking they want to enter the realm of abstraction, which is a pretty big change. And I always feel, I always want to tell people this is a, this takes time to make changes. And, and I think that's a theme that's going to come up in this podcast is to be patient, to let things evolve. Um, but overall, it's such a good thing. It shows that you're really dedicated to to your work and your process. And so I always think it's great and encourage it. Um, and I, you know, at the same time, recognizing um, the challenges and, and stresses. And this can particularly come up if you're, say, you have some commitment that's coming up in the near future to an exhibit or something. And we always think our new work is the best, and it often is. And you, you urge us to throw that old stuff out the window. And um, so dealing with galleries and things is something we'll we'll talk about um, in a future podcast. But I think um, for now, we'll focus on kind of what, what artists go through with with this process, which is a good thing. It's a really good thing, um, but it can be very frustrating. So you recently had an email from a, a friend and a listener of the podcast who yes. had some insights as to changes that she was going yeah. through with her work. So, yeah. So this is uh, Joan Geary. She's a Chicago painter, and she has been a student of mine and become a friend. And um, she recently shared some of her struggles with me by email, and she was really wanting to find a better way of expressing her ideas and and just kind of moving her personal voice forward. Um, for a long time, Joan has been interested in expressing light in her work. And I know this was something we talked about the last time I saw her in a, in a workshop, which was a while ago. But and she'd been, you know, trying different things uh, technically to, to try and find that that path. And um, hadn't really hit on it. And she told me that she was talking to uh, a woman who runs a gallery and who's also a, a friend. And this gallerist uh, was basically was challenging her to take her work to a new level. And I think when when Joan first heard that, it you know, it felt like criticism at first because somebody's saying, well, I, you know, I, the gallery said to her, I know you're a wonderful painter, but it's it's time to try something new and, and, and find a, a different voice. And so, but I think Joan also saw that need herself. It wasn't just coming from the outside. Right. And it, it can be difficult when it feels like you've worked very hard on something to get to a point where you're at and then be told, that this is, oh, well, this is like kind of a good first step, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I've been working on this for however exactly. many years, exactly. you know? This isn't step one. It's like, well, but there's steps still and, and to go. I, and I want to say right from the beginning that Joan is an extremely hardworking person with an excellent work ethic. So she she really... Um, she really does push and challenge right. herself. But that kind of criticism can can almost, um, it can feel like people are discounting 
or not taking into consideration the right. amount of work you've already put into this. And it's <laughs> it's true. It's, it's it's a it's a kind of criticism that that seems dismissive of that of that work ethic and of yeah, that it, that talent that you've developed over time. It it definitely can, and I I think it's bound to set you back on your heels a little bit and say, wait a minute. But but I think uh, from what she told me, Joan also wanted this change. So then it was right. actually coinciding with something. Well, it's it's something that, that people do need to be told, you know, that, yeah. that, hey, there's, you can go somewhere beyond what you're doing right now. Right. It's really, it's very common to find a comfortable place where you're producing work, you're satisfying your galleries and your collectors. And, you know, you're just like, I'm on track with this. This is good. Um, and then maybe somewhere inside you're thinking, but I'm getting a little bit tired of it. It's like yeah. I'm repeating myself. You don't really want to get comfortable with your work. You want to be always kind of pushing a little bit. Yeah. And then it's a hard thing to balance when you have these other pressures um, from the outside of yourself. So staying true to that inside version is it's one of the aspects of the whole creative process that's that's difficult. You know, I think you, you learn as you go. Um so I wanted to read a quote from what Joan wrote to me, and she said, um, for the past few years, I've been building my resume by applying to shows that are minor league, and, and so with this gallerist advice, I realized that in order to make sales or get better galleries and shows, the work had to get more elevated in quality. The next step, how to do that, right. I began studying painters that I admire whose work is about light. And that led to experimentation with pouring paint and using thinner layers, getting out from under the wax. She's working in cold wax. I began by pouring over older works that either never worked or I didn't like very much, in addition to new panels and even canvases. And this is the part that I think is quite interesting. Um, I went through a lot of trial and error, and I learned what you can and cannot do with thinning down the paint enough to pour. So trial and error in discovering a new process, a new technique for her. She wasn't reading about this in the cold wax book. <laughs> she wasn't, um, nobody was telling her. She had to figure this out. And I think it's it's really, um, it's an important thing to be able to take that on. I, I think that in order to really have technical expertise, you have to do this sort of thing. You have to go beyond what um, you've learned from other people and say, okay, I have an idea. I want to figure out how to do it. Um, and it's kind of a, I talk a lot about aligning form and content, which basically you want to find the right way to express the ideas that you have. And they're, they're in alignment, and her previous techniques weren't really doing it, so she had to find something that would. Yeah, and then there's this process of discovery where uh, maybe what there there's nobody who's really doing quite what you have in mind, which is really what should be the case if you're if you're really pushing yourself as an artist. You want to go beyond what you've done and what other people have done, mm -hmm. and it, part of that is going to be developing new techniques and mm -hmm. uh, new ways of of approaching just how to create the the image that you want the. Um, the product that you want. And I, I think it's a, it's so often a matter of synthesizing things. Like um, she mentioned that she had studied, uh, in, as part of her process, she studied other painters like Helen Frankenthaler, who's known for these uh, thin veils of color, um, a painter called Emily Mason. 
And she also did a lot of stuff in her studio where she was, uh, um, as she said, a lot of trial and error, a lot of frustration. At one point, um, the paint kept sort of flaking off the panel because it wasn't um, thick enough. And she she had to consult with technical experts. She called someone at Gamblin. Um, so she was doing her research and she was she was doing her experiments. <laughs> and it's not easy to go through that because everybody, I think most of us anyway, want to see results. And we, we say, well, I've been, I've been at this for a few weeks now. Like, what's happening? Um, and in fact, um, for Joan, it went on for, for months. I think she started this back in September. Well, and that's not even a, a very long time to, to be working on <laughs> to, this. To produce a new idea. Yeah, that. exactly. I mean, yeah. a lot of times people work on this stuff for years to, yeah, to get it to the point where it's, it actually works. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think Joan... Uh, you know, would be the first to say at this point she's she's kind of got it she, now. Now she's going to start really developing this work, uh, but it did take months to arrive at this technique. And I, you know, I commend her for sticking with it. That's, um, I think, like I said, for a lot of artists, the the need for some sort of gratification along the way is pretty strong. <laughs> you know, we're uh, a lot of us kind of work in isolation and. We want to get things to the point where we can show people and say, hey, this is what I'm after. This is working. And it, you know, it's a long process. It's well, hard. And, and just from a standpoint of pure finances, you have to go through this period of time where you're not selling work, you know, where you're you're in like an R&D stage. And, yes. and that takes um, it, it takes a lot of uh, uh, just kind of practical doing things the right way in terms of your personal finances to be able yeah. to afford to do that. Another another form of that outside pressure that can be can be there. And so to to say, okay, I'm gonna go into my my cave, my studio. Right. It takes it takes a base of savings to invest in new technology of any sort. So Yeah. And you know, as Joan said, growth is painful and she she went through frustrations with this process until at this point, uh, she she sent me one painting that I'm going to post on the Facebook page that is like her the first painting that she felt was successful using this technique. And I'll also post one of her older ones so you can see the change. Uh, does Joan have a website? Yeah, uh, her website is um, just joangearystudio.com, and her last name is spelled G-E-A-R-Y. Okay, so pe- people who are listening now can... Pull that up and see these works and and understand a little bit more what we're talking yeah, and about. I, and I think what's interesting is seeing her older images, and, and there's actually one in our Cold Wax book. Her interest in light was absolutely there. There's a luminosity to the work, and that interest has pursued – she has pursued it into new technical realms. So uh, quite interesting. And uh, Joan's challenges were technical for the most part, I would say, Um Sometimes the change that happens is not based in developing new techniques. It's it's more about maybe a change in idea or focus, and um, your techniques are still going to serve you, but you're using them in a in a new and different way. And so you know whatever whatever it's wherever it's coming from, to recognize that and focus on it for a while is is what's important. And I think. I think it brought up to me when I was thinking about this whole topic, the idea that very often when I'm working with artists in workshops or friends will say to me, 
um, I feel like I'm just really scattered, like I'm doing too many things. And so it may seem like a little bit of a contradiction to say uh, welcome change when the downside or the flip side of that is that you're changing every you know, week and you have all these different things going on and you can't seem to follow an idea. And so I think that's a really legitimate concern. And how does that, how does that work with change? Like what is good change? What is change that is part of your overall um, direction? And it's a good thing to question in yourself. And I think the basic thing is is there a connection? Is there a connection between these different things that are pulling you? What is that connection? And recognize what it is. And to use Joan again as an example, the connection was, how do I express light in my work? Um, she wasn't, I don't want to hold her up as an example of somebody who was too scattered, because she's always been quite focused on that, as far as I know. But, um, but lots of people are doing many different styles. And, you know, if you look at their website, they have abstracts, they have landscape, they have portraits, they have all these things. Um, and in my way of thinking, um, this can often indicate that somebody isn't going very deeply into any one of those areas. So I think finding the connection that you want to follow and then allowing the change to happen within that uh, is a good step. And And I also think that sometimes when the urge to change appears, it can seem a little bit random. Like maybe I'm painting along and all of a sudden I have this urge to put a figure in my work or something. And I think, well, that's pretty random. I don't work with figures. Um, the other side of randomness, though, is intuition. And I feel like when you have those intuitive urges, uh, it's, a good, it's a good thing to, to try it. And you don't have to show it to anybody. Uh, you don't have to keep on with it. But if you do it and it feels right to you, recognize it and say, there's something intriguing about this. And at least, at the very least, I'm going to sort of put it on the back burner of my of my ideas and um, and let it simmer a bit and see if it comes back. And I guess part of that is saying, oh, just because I suddenly put a figure in, it doesn't mean that all my work is now going to be figurative. I probably wouldn't show that painting, but it would be an idea that I could I could put away for a little bit and see what would happen and see what is the connection. What is the connection of that figure with other things I've been working on? Is there one? Um, back when I was in college, I remember this instructor telling me, and it, it was really a nice compliment, and he said that, following my work for several years, that he could see um, that there was a logical connection from one group of work to the next. So there was sort of a step-by-step -step exploration. Um, I said, thank you very much. Um, I recognized it as a good thing, but I also did all that intuitively. I was not planning that out. So intuition is very helpful in the whole process and uh, following it. So if it feels right and sincere to you, um, maybe opens up some new ideas, you know, try it. Go with it for a little while. Yeah. And, and really what you're doing is, is kind of planting seeds that are, are things that could grow into something useful down the road. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't just 
have one plant in your garden. You know, you plant a lot of seeds and some of them become very successful plants and some of them in some of our cases don't. (laughs) Right. And uh, unless you, yes, unless you plant those seeds, you know, nothing's going to happen. So, so allowing those intuitive urges to come out, you know, it's, it's really important for your future to let that happen. Um, At the same time, you know, I mentioned early on that it's important to give things time. Uh, So I don't think there's any rush to, to get feedback or to show your new work, you probably need to just digest it for a while. Um, a lot of us are drawn to getting immediate validation on social media, uh, which is pretty easy, um, but it can also be too influential. And so not maybe not posting that stuff unless you feel that you're strong enough to put it out there and just take whatever comes and and still keep your own thoughts about it. Right. And it's it's not really good to be it, social media can be helpful for many things, but you don't want to be motivated by that kind of instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Um if you're a production artist and you want to be doing this as your career, then what you need to be motivated by are you know, the feedback you get from your galleries mm-hmm. and from and your, your own customers. self, your yeah. own self of what feels right to you. Um the skills of self-critique, which are so important, and we don't have time to go into it at the moment, but you know, being able to really understand your work and evaluate it and not be swayed too much by feedback, especially on something new, because when you're in that transitional phase, you're quite vulnerable, I think, um, to suggestion and input. Well, and also most of the people in, in your social media groups are other artists. And especially if you're doing something that's kind of pushing boundaries a little bit, um, there it may be something that people are not really understanding. Uh, and in, it's not necessarily the same kind of feedback that you'll get from people who are actually selling your work. Though well, that's true. Um, and it's also an interesting point that sometimes our changes are more internal than visible in our work. I mean, we, we see the work differently. We think it's different. Other people may look at it and say, well, like I said about the college teacher, well, actually, there's a definite connection. There's a, it's a logical next step. Whereas to you, it may feel like you just jumped off a cliff or something, you know? Um, and so there's a, there's this whole internal process that goes on that uh, can influence how you see your own work. And, you know, I think it's good to get feedback when you're ready to show it. It's excellent. Yeah, and, and definitely, uh, you know, feedback from other artists is very valuable. Yeah. But you just need to realize that it's not the same as the feedback that you will get from people who are selling and buying your work. Yeah, and so that's that's uh, a topic we'll go into in the next podcast is, so you've, you know, if you've, uh, you've developed your work, you've kept it going, you think this is good new work, and then what happens? <laughs> So, um, but I think, you know, just to, to kind of wrap it up, I, I think to embrace change, um, to realize it's an integral part of the creative process and respect it and give it time. Let it, let it happen organically. I always feel like the best changes happen over time and with persistence and with patience and that they also are holistic, that they... They involve a lot of things, including how we feel about our work, how we see ourselves as artists, how others see us as artists. And the idea of growth is so important. When you think about an art career, 
an art practice that goes on for decades, which many do. Right. And, and I think that it's it's really important for people to understand that, that change is going to happen whether you want it to or not. <laughs> that is true. And it's, it's something that you should really be prepared for in a very practical sense. You should yeah. have some savings built up because at some point you may be going through a transition in your work and it may not be quite up to your standards for a period of time until you've developed those ideas to where you can, you know, start putting them out and making money again. Um, so it's it's very important to, you know, have a base of savings and and to understand that it's a process and not get down on yourself um, and see it through to the end. So um, Yeah, good thoughts. Very good. You know, it's it's all the all the stuff that you do as an artist is part of the process. It's not just the end thing that comes out at the end. So all that other stuff uh, of of experimenting, researching, planning, trying, failing, getting down on yourself, coming back up—you know all that, all that stuff. Uh, you have to allow for it in some way. Well, that about wraps up this episode of the Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com, as well as www.rebeccacroll.com, and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.